Welcome to the All the Hats We Wear podcast. This show will teach you the time management skills you need to be joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. I believe that the secret to a fulfilling life is to identify the 15 to 20 roles we play, the hats we wear, and then turn them into masterpieces. I'm your host, Scott Snow, life coach and productivity expert. This is episode 64, and it's titled Techniques for Enhancing Your Creativity, Spiral Thinking, Layering, and Hovering. As usual, I like to start with a couple inspirational stories from the news. Story number one, Julia Child. She's just been on TV. They had a big marathon with her old show, The French Chef, and I really got a lot out of it. She's fun. She knows what she's doing. You really get the sense that she, you know, everything that she's teaching you, that she's done it a hundred times or more. So you're really getting the inside scoop. And I find that sometimes that's missing in some of the shows that are out today and in programs that you've got people that don't really know their stuff to the degree that someone like Julia knew her stuff and did her homework. You know, I think of uh, Guy Fieri. It seems like every time when he talks about food, he, all he can say is, oh, that, that's good. That's really good. You know, and Julia has the craft down, and I respect that. Another guy I really like is Andrew Zimmer. The way he talks about, you know, he just samples something and give you a really detailed um, description of it. And I learn a lot from that. Or and Anthony Bourdain. Rest in peace. That guy was smart, too. So... I like guys and women that really know their craft. I also get the sense with Julia that she really knew her mission and the big picture part was really, really solid. So it didn't matter when little things went wrong on the set. You know, if something spilled or, you know, there was one episode where she sliced a piece of French bread too thin and it kind of cracked in half and she just went right along. You know, it's not like they made a big deal and stopped and did a retake. And I think that applies also to our productivity in life. You know, the, the more that we identify that purpose and the big picture importance of what we're doing, the whys are so key, then those smaller things become inconsequential. A lot of times I think people think time management coaching is, well, how can I control my email box and how am I going to manage all my phone calls and my to-do list? To me, that's like petty stuff. You know, when you've got that real purpose identified, all that other stuff is just, you know, BS. Small potatoes. It's like if you want to fly to Los Angeles from Boston, you have uh, the GPS all set up in the plane, and then you're pretty much on track to doing the right thing. You know, there's going to be small um, adjustments as you go, but you've really got that locked in, the big plan. And the same thing with your purpose. And that filters down to your goals and then to your daily projects and your daily uh, habits. Story number two. A little thing about poetry. I read that in Salman Rushdie, one of his books, he talked about poetry and and the, the reason for it. And I really like this description. He said, quote, a poet's work is to name the unnameable, to point at frauds, to take sides, start arguments, shape the world, and stop it from going to sleep. End quote. 
This was part of a, uh, this was part of a review of a poetry collection, and it was uh, titled "Together in a Sudden Strangeness: America's Poets Respond to the Pandemic," edited by Alice Quinn. The article really kind of panned the book; didn't say anything really good about it at all. But you know what? I tend not to listen to the reviewers, whether it be movies or books. I really could care less what the reviewers say because a lot of times I'll find something valuable in things that they'll pan. So that doesn't concern me. In fact, with movies, I really like bad movies, so that really doesn't matter for me. It really comes down to the individual experience that you bring to uh, watching the movie or reading the book. You bring your whole world of experience to it, and that can't be uh, replicated or, or compared with someone else's experience. Just like in Cliff Notes and, and a lot of the different services that will send you a preview of a book or just the most important points, I, although on one hand I would love to, to get, I would love to consume, you know, five books a week or whatever it is, but I find that I have to read the book. I have to do the scanning. Just like with reading the paper. I couldn't have someone else read the paper and then give me the most important parts things that inspired me because it could be so random you know as you'll see in my in this podcast with all different stories they really come from all different types of disciplines and it's all over the map but that's what I like story number three here's a perfect example this is an article about President Xi of China Xi Jinping the article talks about how the United States really miscalculated their estimate of President Xi. In a nutshell, they figured that he would kind of go along with connecting with Washington and the U.S. and kind of move forward with this goal of, you know, the, the United States kind of leading everything and everybody else kind of falling in order. And that wasn't the case with President Xi. He was really much stronger than what they estimated. They really under underestimated his tolerance for risk, for example. I'm always fascinated with these psychological profiles of leaders because I like to know what's what makes up a leader and how is that going to impact what they're going to do. That's fascinating to me. They didn't take into consideration how his difficult childhood formed his leadership skills and his purpose, and how he went about things. He had a very difficult childhood. Pre Professor Han King Shang said, quote, only those who have suffered can achieve great things, end quote. So they underestimated the level of suffering that she went through and how it affected and shaped what he was to become. I learned that she has a an amazing memory that he usually doesn't take notes for meetings he just memorizes them all he rarely uses notes when he's giving his speeches he memorizes them as well so think for yourself how have some of the important events of your life shaped who you are and shaped your purpose that's a great brainstorming exercise right there what's your story story number four nursing homes are getting less and less residents 
Of course, a huge example or a huge reason for this trend is COVID and that people don't want to put their family members in harm's way. But also this trend has been moving that way. This It looks like construction, architecture, realtors are all starting to move in this direction like permanently to have older folks live at the home with the family. I remember talking to a woman from Kenya and she was so surprised with America in nursing homes because she said in her country they didn't have nursing homes at all. You just, the person just stayed with you. That's all. This also brings up, you know, we're talking about roles and all the hats we wear, the role of assisting aging parents, which is a huge life-changing role that comes about. Story five. Jeff Bezos, CEO and founder of Amazon, still acts like a startup. He's, he seems like he's very scrappy. He doesn't take anything for granted. He doesn't get, he doesn't seem to be too full of himself. He says that every day is day one for his company. He says day two is stasis and then irrelevance and then excruciating decline and ultimately death of your company. So he always wants to be on that first day of his business. In fact, the original name that he chose for his company was Relentless. In fact, if you go on Relentless.com, it redirects to Amazon. I tried it. <laughs> it works. So that's pretty impressive too. Story 6. Chief Information Officers, CIOs, are being much more, are, are much more focused on the emotional health of their workers. This really got jump-started in 2020 with the pandemic. Their approach is a lot more technology with empathy. A lot of companies have been offering virtual mental health counseling services and self-care tools. Companies like Talkspace and Sanvelo. Max Lee, the CIO of Automatic Data Processing, has a thing called Morning Coffee with Max. It's a 20-minute check-in, and you can talk about anything in your life with him. He found that this helps him get a lot more connected with his team. I really love the idea of identifying all the roles you play and then connecting that in a positive way in the workspace. I mean, there's so many different ways you could apply it. Uh, dating, hand over a sheet with all of your 16 or 20 roles here, this is what's most important to me. This is where I'm going. And see if that aligns with the person you're with. Instead of chit-chatting and, you know, boring conversation that goes nowhere and you're saying the same crap every, every speed date. They also talked about having um, better boundaries for the beginning and the ending of the workday. I love how they gave concrete examples of something you can do at the end of the workday, you know, maybe go for a jog or meditate, or go for a walk. This was um, advice from the CIO of Charles Schwab company, Dennis Howard. Have it be concrete. This is one thing that we do at the end, and that separates the work from now you're at home. They also implemented flexible Fridays, some companies, and uh, they would have no internal meetings on Fridays. And this was time for employees to manage whatever life was throwing at them at the time. As a coach, I realized that some of the things are unexpected of what you're going to be working on. You have someone that gets a raise or is considering a big job, and 
biggest problem they have is they're going through a divorce or their kids have an issue or their older adult, um, older parents are struggling. There's all these different issues and it's all intertwined. This brings us to the um, three techniques for creativity. The first one is spiral thinking. And I tend to use this when I'm writing. It helps you, either you can spiral inward, so it's you're in a very um, granular, detailed view, or you might have to back out and think more of a large structure perspective. And you have the power to be able to consciously switch between all of these, zero in or back out. And I find a lot of times when we're in the wrong lens, let's say if you're in a, a very close lens, small lens, but you need larger structure decisions to be made, you're going to have a struggle. But if you can make that slight adjustment, now you can uh, take care of whatever issue you had and then get back into moving forward with your project. In my book, All the Hats We Wear, I talk about a seven-stage system for project management. So this is any creative project, whether it be writing a book, or starting a business, or planning a marriage, planning a, a big event, any kind of project. Here are the seven stages of that project. First, you have to identify the spark. This is your emotional connection to that project, and it's so key. Step two is gathering. This is where you just gather all the information. Anything that's related to your project, stuff it in a box or a folder, and just keep compiling all that info. Stage three is brainstorming. This is question time. Ask a million questions about it, and that'll start to give you the clarity of, of your project coming into, into uh, fruition. Stage four is structure stage. This is the big chunks of your project. What are the chapters to your book? Or what are the main timeline milestones to your project? This is the brass tacks of your project. Stage five is action. This is when you roll up your sleeves and get to work doing all the tasks and all the, the grunt work of your project. Stage six, refine. This is a stage we often overlook completely because this is when we can really make that project shine and sparkle. And it's so rewarding to be able to do that, take your time and do it. Now, naturally, with any project, if you have time constraints and deadlines, you're going to have to change your, your, your timeline to fit. So you're not going to be able to refine forever, but at least have some part of that in your project. I love Stephen King's example of uh, a poem that he read that he really liked. And he said that the structure was so good within the poem, it held everything together so tightly and effectively. He said it was like you could almost hear the cables humming. Love that analogy. So that's the refining stage, which leads you to completion or stage seven, celebrate stage. So the reason I bring up this project management system with um, this idea of spiral thinking is that you have to be in the right lens with whatever point you are in the project, whatever part you are in what you're doing. You need to have the correct lens and if you're having trouble, try a different lens. Zoom in or zoom out and see if that helps. Technique number two is layering. Now I use layering in my daily reading of my newspapers. 
this layering teaches you not to get bogged down. You're going to scan through. So the first time I read the paper, let's say I get my coffee out, I'm all set. I uh, scan through and look for articles I think uh, interest me. And maybe I put a little um, a jot, like a, a check mark on there, or write the page of the um, newspaper section in the front. I tag it. The next step is that I'll take those um, tagged articles and read them very carefully, underlying anything that's of importance. Sometimes I don't find that there's anything really there that I'm interested in, so I'll just toss that article. There's not enough interesting things in it for me to bring up in my podcast or my blog, so I'll just get rid of it. The next stage would be, now that I have that underlined, I usually put it in my three-ring binder so that I can have those on file, and I'll write on a legal pad my notes, and that's what I'm reading from right now. I've got three legal pad sheets of paper up on my cabinet. I'm standing with the microphone and I'm going through and I'm just reading through the notes that I took. This way I don't have to just sit and basically try to read my underlined stuff in newspapers while I'm talking to you. I can get into flow. And then the final stage is to record the podcast of me talking about these points. And by then I've had five or six different stages of this layering process where I really get familiar with the material so I can teach it to you. As we know, the best way to learn something is to teach it. The third technique of creativity is hovering. Now this I love to do with uh, my planner. On each day of my planner I have a list of all the roles I play. So I'm constantly seeing that every day throughout the day. Also I have a list of my daily habits so that I can hover over those and be reminded of all those things that I'm striving to do, all the habits I'm trying to implement. I also record my vision statement, which is a bunch of uh, mini mission statements, my why statements, my I am statements, and I listen to that in the car. I try to listen to it every day. Also, I'll have a recording of my goals, so I can hover over those, connect with those. The front page of every month of my planner because my planner I run just one month at a time, I'll have a, uh, a little grid that has all my projects, all my current projects and, and where they are, what stage are they in. You know, I'm writing a new book, that's in stage four, that's the structure stage. So now when I get, get to have some time where I can work on my book, I can look in that and remind myself, oh, I'm doing structure work on my book right now, and I can take up right where I left off. And that's such a key, important thing. Being able to put a piece of work down and pick it up a couple days later or the next day when you're at a coffee shop or you're in a totally different mindset, a lot of different things are going on and, and get right back to work where you left off. It's crucial. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for joining me. I'd love to hear from you. If you have some time management challenge that you'd like to go over, give me a call. No charge to uh, talk about, you know, have a consult and see how I can help you. My number is 774-230-3928 or my website, allthehatswewear.com. You can connect with me on any of my social. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.